We're now going to read from Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 36. This is the disciples in the upper room on the day Easter Sunday that Jesus rose. While they were still speaking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and blood as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. We're going to spend a bit of time just reflecting on that passage now, but let's, uh, let's pray first before we do. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this wonderful truth that we can read about, that your witnesses have preserved for us, that Jesus did not just die, but that he rose from the dead. And Father, we pray that this will be something that you convict us of today, perhaps for the first time or perhaps ongoing, and that you show us the massive significance of it. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Imagine with me for a moment a conversation between two old fishing buddies reminiscing about the past. They've spent a lifetime fishing, but now they're getting old and they're kind of weather-beaten faces and tough, dry hands remind them of the many years they have spent fishing in harsh conditions on the Sea of Galilee. See, these are not just any old fishermen. It's two men in particular. Peter and John. And as they talk about the fish they caught, and of course the ones that got away, which are always the biggest ones, as they talk about that, their mind and their conversation turns to another man that they used to know so many years ago, or it seems like a lifetime ago now. Peter says to John, remember that guy, Jesus of Nazareth? Gee, he was impressive, wasn't he? Shame they killed him. Yes, said John, 
You know, I really thought he was going to amount to something. Such a shame. Such a waste. If only he'd stayed away from Jerusalem that year. Who knows how things could have been different. He could have been someone great. He could have changed the world. Now, of course, that conversation never actually happened. But it could have if it wasn't for that first Easter Sunday. Peter and John could have lived a quiet life, fishing on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, and I'm sure they would have quite liked that. And we never would have heard of Jesus of Nazareth. But that's not what happened. History tells a very different story that Peter himself was executed because he wouldn't stop telling everyone who would listen, and even those who wouldn't, that Jesus had risen from the dead. And his buddy John, well, he did live to an old age, but he spent a lot of it in prison for much the same reason. But more importantly, that Jesus of Nazareth did become the most famous man who has ever walked the earth. And as I said, the difference between what might have happened and what actually did is because of what happened on that very first Easter Sunday. Jesus rose from the dead. And so this Easter, I want to just point to two very simple things that come out of that second Bible reading that we just had. Firstly, that the resurrection of Jesus happened. It actually physically happened. And secondly, that it matters. It made a huge difference in history, but more importantly, it makes an even bigger difference for your life and for mine. So firstly, the first thing we're going to see is that the resurrection of Jesus did actually happen. Chapter 24 of Luke's carefully researched account of Jesus' life takes us to that first Sunday after Jesus had died, Easter Sunday, today. Jesus' disciples are trying to come to terms with their shattered hopes. They had such high hopes for Jesus, but those hopes died with Jesus on that previous Friday. And to add to their confusion, they've just been hearing reports from some of their number that they have seen Jesus alive. And they don't know what to think. And we pick up the story today at verse 36. While they were still speaking about this, Jesus himself stood among them. And he said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. See, these disciples were not expecting to see Jesus alive again. And so when they did see him, they were so shocked and afraid that they didn't actually believe what they were seeing. They, they thought he was a ghost. And, you know, even up till today, people have tried to kind of explain away this experience of the disciples seeing Jesus. And one of, I guess, the theories that people have come up with is that they just imagined that they saw him, that they had some kind of mass hallucination, not just this time, but the many times that they saw him and the many hundreds of people that saw him, that they all just imagined it. They wanted it so badly. They really just wanted it. So they managed to convince themselves in their minds that they really did see him. But whether you call it a hallucination or seeing a ghost, everything about this encounter with Jesus that we see here 
denies that possibility. That is not what's going on. Everything that Jesus is doing here is trying to convince them that what they are seeing is real. He is really physically there in front of them. Have a look now from verse 38. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. See, it's not shock or wishful thinking that makes them think that Jesus is alive. In fact, it's just the opposite. Jesus has to convince them to get over their shock, to engage their rational thinking, to engage their senses, their sight and their, and their touch, to convince them that he is alive. Look at my hands and my feet. This is where they stuck the nails. Touch me and see. I'm not a ghost. I'm not in your imagination. I'm really alive. Now, they're still not quite convinced, but they're getting there. They can't deny what they're seeing, but it seems too good to be true. And so Jesus continues. He asks them, have you got any food to eat? And so verse 42 and 43, they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. I wonder if you see what, what Jesus is doing here. He's, he's kind of trying to make this as physical for them as possible so that they have no doubt that this is really him physically standing there in front of them. He's kind of building connections between himself and the physical things around them. And, and so the, the, the dinner plate that they've just been eating their dinner on, the piece of fish that was on the plate, that's now in my belly, Jesus is saying. You can't get much more real than that. See, Jesus knows that rising from the dead is unbelievable. No one's denying that. That sort of thing doesn't just happen. But this time it did happen. And so Jesus wants to make sure that these disciples believe without a doubt in what they're seeing. Because they're the ones who are going to tell everyone else about it. And so they need to be absolutely convinced that this is true. And they were. I mean, every one of them went to their death swearing that they had seen Jesus alive. And all but one of those were executed for saying that. But they wouldn't stop saying it anyway. The authorities didn't like that, but they could not stop this message from spreading throughout the world. And so this one event on that very first Easter Sunday is what made all the difference. It changed the world. And so I guess my question for, for each of us at this point is, do you believe this? Do you believe that this claim that literally changed the world, do you believe that it's actually true? Because we will miss the point of Jesus and Easter if we kind of leave this point behind. So I guess perhaps tonight, while you're eating your dinner, think about that piece of fish that was on the plate on the, on the dinner table in the, uh, in the disciples' place where they were staying. That's how real this was. And think about Jesus' hand that put the fish into his mouth, a hand that had a hole in it. This is why he didn't drop the fish, a hand that had a hole in it. That's how real this was. Jesus really physically rose from the dead. That's our first point. This resurrection actually happened. Our second point is, is that the resurrection of Jesus matters. It matters massively. You know, a few years ago, 
the comedian Ricky Gervais wrote an article at Easter. I don't know if you're familiar with Ricky Gervais. He's uh, kind of came to fame through the British comedy The Office, and he's an atheist. And he often uses his comedy as a platform to promote his atheism. But this article that he wrote was actually somewhat positive about Jesus. In it, he said that he likes Jesus and that he likes the teaching of Jesus and that the world would be a better place if people followed the teaching of Jesus. So my question is, how is that different to what I believe about Jesus? Aside from the fact that he's an atheist, how is what I believe about Jesus different to someone who likes the teachings of Jesus and thinks that people should follow them? Well, I want to suggest that the difference is what happened on that first Easter Sunday, that Jesus rose from the dead. You see, it wasn't Jesus' teaching that made his disciples give up their lives to follow him. They'd been listening to his teaching for three years. And when it came to that crucial moment, when the guards came to arrest Jesus and to take him away to be crucified, they abandoned him. Jesus' teaching was not what made the difference for them at that point. The difference was his resurrection. Without the resurrection, we have a completely different Jesus. That's how much it matters. Which is why Jesus goes on to explain to his disciples that his resurrection was all part of God's plan from the beginning, that it was absolutely essential. And so he reminds them in verse 44 and 45 and 46 that this was God's plan in the Old Testament that the prophets had been saying about him that the Messiah must die and rise again. Just think about this for a moment. God had been planning this moment for hundreds of years, even thousands of years. That's how significant this is. So rising from the dead was not just some party trick that Jesus could do or some extra miracle to demonstrate how good he is. This was his mission. This was his purpose to die and rise again. And so even with all the great teaching of Jesus, and it was great, it is great, without the resurrection, Jesus is not worth believing in. Does that sound shocking? Does that sound unsettling? It's what the Bible says. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. But with the resurrection, it's a different story altogether. With the resurrection, the message of Jesus is a message that really does change the world. And we find out why in verse 47. That repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You see, the resurrection of Jesus shows us that God has offered forgiveness to everyone who turns back to him in the name of Jesus. That's the message of Easter. And this is what God had promised beforehand, that he would send a king who would rule the world forever in peace and justice, and that he would welcome anyone who, join, who comes to him in the name of this king with complete forgiveness. And the sign of this forever king, of this Messiah who God would send, the sign is that God would raise him from the dead, never to die again. 
And so the message of Easter, of the risen Jesus, is that Jesus is that king. That God has promised forgiveness for everyone who turns to him in the name of Jesus. That's the good news of Easter. Imagine it uh, with me like this. Imagine for a moment that you can see a castle on a hill. And that castle is where God is. And it's a beautiful place. And sometimes you think you want to go there. But it's also a scary place because you tried to storm that castle and take over the throne, but you failed. And so now there is a big wanted poster on the wall with your face on it and a list of all your crimes. And so every day you look to that castle and that poster and you think, I can't go there. All there is for me there is judgment and punishment. And so every day you walk further away. Except one day, something changes. You look back at the castle and you see there is a new flag flying over the top of it. It's the flag of a new king. And that wanted poster has been taken down and it's been replaced with a big banner that says forgiveness, peace, amnesty, pardon. And there is an announcement booming from the castle that says, come back, return. All is forgiven. That's the announcement that Jesus makes after he rose from the dead. That's the news that Jesus sent his messengers throughout the world to declare. Return and be forgiven. Return to God and be forgiven. There is a new flag flying over God's castle. It's no longer punishment for rebellion, punishment for sin. Now it says return and be forgiven. Because there is a new king risen from the dead who will rule the world forever. His new life is what he offers to everyone who turns to him and finds forgiveness in the name of Jesus. A life where death is defeated. A life where sin is forgiven. A life where fear is no more. Can you see how different this is from the Jesus that Ricky Gervais likes, the Jesus who had some good things to say where you can like his teaching but still spout his atheist propaganda. And he can do that because he's cut the resurrection out of the picture. See, if we reduce Jesus to just a good teacher with some good ideas about how to live, but we don't have his resurrection at the very centre, then we're going to be way off the mark. So my question for each one of us this Easter is, do you know this real Jesus, risen from the dead to rule the world with new life and forgiveness for everyone who comes to him? And if you don't, then let me echo Jesus' words to you. Turn back to God in the name of Jesus and be forgiven. Know the forgiveness that God has freely offered to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Nothing else matters more than this. And maybe it is that this Easter God is prompting you to reconsider this Jesus that you think you know and discover the real Jesus. And if you do trust this Jesus, as I know many of us do, then celebrate. 
That's what today is about, celebrating. Peter and John, you know, went on to live very different lives to those fishing buddies that we imagined at the beginning. But they didn't regret a day of it. Even on that first day when they were struggling to believe that Jesus really was standing in front of them, even then, they were filled with joy and amazement. And they were just beginning to understand what this meant. How much more should we be filled with joy and amazement that we know this Jesus who has risen from the dead to bring new life to all who turn to him? Because we know him, Jesus raised from the dead to rule the world in peace and with forgiveness forever. That is something worth celebrating and that's what we're doing this Easter. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, it really is something worth celebrating that you have sent your forever king, Jesus, that he has defeated the power of death and that he will rule forever and that through him you have called us to return to you and find the forgiveness that he has won for us. Father, we pray that this Easter you will fill us with confidence in the truth of this and you will fill us with joy in the goodness of it and that this joy will last not just for today but throughout the rest of our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.